I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peed. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecker, part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Before I get to my guest, you have to know that we are doing a draft party on Thursday night here in downtown Oklahoma City. It's at the Banquet Cinema Pub. It's at 4th and Chartel, downtown. It is seriously one of the coolest venues in the city. I can't believe, I honestly just can't believe that we get to do this, but we get an entire movie theater for the Down to Dunk crew. It's going to be amazing. So we get to watch it on a big screen. They're going to have the audio pumping through basically the whole place. They have delicious pizza. They have a full menu. They've got all kinds of drinks, not just alcoholic drinks, but they've got great sodas and all that kind of stuff. So it's all ages. It's going to be fun. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Make sure you come around 6 o'clock. Get yourself a spot in the theater with us. And we're going to see what happens because I was texting with Jay and the other guys this morning just saying, like, I just have no clue what Sam Presti is going to do on Thursday, but I think he's going to do something. And so it's just fun. It's more fun to be around a bunch of Thunder fans than it is like sitting at home, watching it by yourself and looking on Twitter. So come join us. It's going to be super fun. Six o'clock at the Banquet Cinema Pub. And with me today is my... Awesome Indian friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hello, Andrew. Everything is fine over here. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about your draft party. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm so sad I cannot come. That's all I, Indiana, I've got here. <laughs> oh, this is great. Um, so if you don't know what that's from, there's somebody on Reddit. I posted the draft party on, on Reddit. Just like, hey, if you guys want to join us, that'd be great. And like someone was, someone decided it was their their turn to give like a review of our podcast. <laughs> and so, like honestly, like I have heard it all. You know, we've been around for a long time. I've seen really great, mostly like people are really great and they give us really nice reviews. But I, I, you know, once a month or whatever, you'll get like this really bad review or people like just trash your show and whatever. And it's just at this point, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like you can say whatever you want. That's fine. It's a free show. You don't have to listen to it. If you don't like it, that's okay. Uh, but someone said, like, I really, I really like the Indian guy. <laughs> and I really, like, I hate the kid. The kid is annoying. <laughs> and I'm like, kind of like, look at my screen, just kind of cockeyed, just like, what? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Um, and so I think that um, obviously the Indian guy is, uh, Michele, because he's the only one that's got any sort of accent. Shall I? Shall I change my name? I don't know. Something. I mean, <laughs> I mean maybe. Hey, <laughs> I am. So I just solved a mystery, mm-hmm. and I need you to take the wheel of the pod for like four minutes. Just talk about it, the Anthony Davis deal. I will come back and give you my opinion on the Anthony Davis deal. But I just saw where my dog is getting out of my fence. Just keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So um, we had like a very big trade. Um, I need to 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 get to the details. Uh, I'll do it while I'm talking, but roughly, uh, and then I'll I'll try to get back to the um, to the full details. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers gave away Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, Josh Hart the number four pick, then a protected 2021 pick. If it's one through eight, then it goes to New Orleans. If it's if not, New Orleans gets 2022 unprotected, unprotected pick. Then there was a pick swap 2023. And then the Pelicans can get either the 2024 pick or the 2025 unprotected Lakers pick. So this is a this is a huge howl for for the new the new orleans uh pelicans um the the amount of assets 
that they got into that trade it's it's incredible it's it's truly incredible um it seems that the celtics put basically the name of tatum in it otherwise i don't see why the lakers had to do the deal right now um and so boston came short again to acquire a superstar and the lakers got him um i think that to a certain degree the lakers were forced to do that deal um from the situation they they got into i mean having lebron james in year two of his contract uh having him turning 35 this season if i'm not mistaken you have to to get him a star and anthony davis changed agency uh, he wanted to be there and so if you don't take that deal what's what's the outcome for you is it trading lebron james is it trying to lure a free agent giving that both thompson and kd are basically away from one year uh and that that's actually gives you more um reasons to trade for for a guy like anthony davis right now um so i was saying they were pushed into this by by their situation and it's it's kind of weird that they are probably one of the franchise that has the the least uh of the of the front offices in terms of quality of the uh of the main guys because we've seen everything from them um and they still are getting a free agent that's the power of the real i think front office guy there which is rich paul and lebron james um and well let's talk about what this trade means in terms of the future. I was listening to um, one of the watch pods, the one with uh, Bobby, Bobby Marks is a bit dated. I think it's after game four of the finals. Um, but they were saying one of the greatest traits of Masai Ujiri as a GM was b- taking a bet, a huge bet on Kawhi's health without mortgaging the future of the Toronto Raptors. So say that Toronto goes down uh, in Philadelphia, you lost Jakob Bertel, a pick, and DeMar DeRozan. You probably are going to reset because you don't have the tools to to have like another successful NBA campaign, but your future belongs to you. Like you don't have any obligation. The Lakers, if somehow, and it's hard because they have two of the greatest players in the NBA. But if they fail somehow, it's seven years uh, without a future. And then, and only then, you start the rebuild process. Because the Pelicans will control the Lakers when they would probably need their pick the most. Because they have the 2020. Uh, they have one between 2020 and 2021. And full stop. Then it's all uh, New Orleans picks. Let's talk about uh, a little bit um, about how the New Orleans roster will shape out. I don't think that they are done with the moves. Um, I think that they will try very hard to move the pick number four if, as it seems, no one that they really like um it's there. Well, they probably like players, but they are trying to see if number four uh, can get them a player that they like more, a player that is more functional to what they have. Um, my guess is that they are trying to get a young center or a young big man that can fit around a player like Zion Williamson that will not have shooting as his main treat and nor has Lonzo Ball and Ingram is a project in uh, in that regard so having a big man that can that is young that can grow with them um might be a good choice i would look hard into into indiana uh i know that this is probably never uh been discussed throughout the league but they have uh two great young big men in terms of miles my they are my miles miles turner and, and Domas sabonis and i really think that they are too good 
to to be like each other's backup and their talent on the court will never be maximized if they are both there. And so maybe you can send a pick to Indiana, number four, um, and get Domas. I do think that Domas would be amazing in New Orleans. With Zion, uh, they, they will have a great IQ team. Um, they have Lonzo Ball that even if he doesn't have tons of shooting, he is a player that has a ton of passing IQ. And then Drew Holiday can orchestrate that in a in a perfect way. And so look for a trade like that. I don't think they will get into Vucevic. Um, they can acquire him. Um, if they want to get uh, another young wing, they can with the, with the number four, probably not very high level. But for a center where the market is not super high, you can buy someone. Uh, and I, I think that Thomas Sabonis, for example, will be, uh, his value is way higher than, than this year number four pick. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Darius Garland is the perfect fit for New Orleans, a scoring point guard that can do multiple things on the court or a versatile wing like uh, like Culver. But if I was them, I would try to get a guy like him. Um, Lakers perspective, um, hoping that Andrew is back in the near future because I'm running out of, uh, of ideas. Um, Lakers, I mean, Again, when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have something really good to work with. They have also 27 millions in cap space or 24, depending on on what uh, Anthony Davis does with his trade um, with his trade kicker and um, with the the trade executed on July 6th, so the earliest date where they can do uh, that trade. 27 million or 24. It's not enough for uh, for a max, and I don't think that putting all the stocks into one player, unless it's a player of the level of Kawhi Leonard, and I don't think that that is possible, um, will solve will be the best idea for the Lakers. The best would be to try to grab a few player here and there that fits really really well with what you're trying to do. Take a shooter, uh, take a, a point guard that can defend, like. Pat Beverly or someone like that, try to uh, to convince a guy like JJ Reddick to come to LA again, uh, even if he likes like to keep his family in a stable place. Uh, you can try to lure him, um, giving him a contract around eight nine millions, maybe with the idea to I'm give back. him more. Oh, you're back. We are discussing. <laughs> Did, was your dog in Tulsa? I retrieved my dog. I had to hop. A f- oh my gosh! I just I'm so mad right now. I'm so miffed right now. But she's back, and I'm okay. back. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, I basically discussed the trade from the um, New Orleans perspective first, yeah. uh, saying that what I would do is trying to move number four pick for, and this is probably not something that you you'd like, but this is what I would do: trying to move him for uh, a young big. Yeah. Um, because I think that what they are, what they need is a big that they can complement Zion Williamson. And my the name that I threw out there was it, it was Domas Sabonis because I think that Indiana yeah. Indiana doesn't really need two centers and a guy like him with a crazy pass IQ and the potential to be a stretch um, is, is something I I would actually do. And then the Lakers, from the Lakers part, I was just starting to discuss the idea of having one player with that 27, 28 million uh, compared to multiple, and I would go with the latter. So I would try to have multiple players like JJ Redick, um, someone like Pat Beverly, maybe. players. Bogdanovich, yes, that was mentioned. And I think, well, even if I think that you will probably end up overpaying him, um he'd be awesome try. with lebron and he, like all he has to do is just hit open shots exactly yeah you know? yeah yeah it's it's um it's not kyle corver yet but it's something that resembles that skill set because bogdanovich is not uh, a low iq guy mm-hmm. is actually uh, like most european guys is more cerebral than physical and mm-hmm. so i think that he would fit um the laker the lakers 
idea for us very well. It's just that I don't think he will take any less than 15 millions. And so yeah. if you have 24, you would probably have to to put a huge chunk of your money um, into into that contract, um, which is fine. I mean, uh, I, I surely don't mind it. It's just trying to, to get three players instead of one. Uh, I think it's the key for them. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I guess it just depends on who the other player is, you know, the third mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Kimba Walker, I think you probably do that, you know? Mm, I, I, I must say, uh, maybe I'm lower on, on Kemba than what, what I should be. But unless it's a guy like Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard or someone mm-hmm. like that. You want Jim, I don't so think- you want Jimmy over Kemba? Yeah, I I know that the fit seems worse. Just as just as a defender, or just as a guy that if like if you don't have LeBron on the court, I trust Jimmy and AD to have a sustainable chemistry in pick and rolls, mm-hmm. uh, and you have a defensive stopper. Whereas with Kemba, you already have someone that coming playoffs time you will have trouble playing against. I would say good teams. Uh, Kemba yeah. is not Fred Van Vliet in terms of defense. No. That guy is a bulldog. Kemba is, I don't know if you can guard really a guy like Curry in, in the playoffs. He may Yeah, but be you probably okay. won't next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but would he be able to guard James Harden? No, but he wouldn't have to. I don't think he'd be the guy that you put on James. Then you have to find a very high-level defender with 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 a minimum contract. That's mm-hmm. where I think you have troubles. That's why I would love to get a guy like Pat Beverly or yeah. um, or if he, like if Jimmy says I'm coming, you sign Jimmy because I think that even if he's a, like someone with his with a huge personality, um, I think that in a playoff setting, we've seen we've seen that last year in Philly. Well, this year in Philly. He can get you buckets and good defense any given night. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't provide the spacing that Kemba does, but he won't leave Jimmy Butler open from three. Yeah. He will not give him the Russell Westbrook treatment because I, I think that uh, even if they may be more comparable as shooters uh, than the numbers realize in terms of quality of the mechanics, uh, quickness of the release, but you don't leave him. Because he's a 35, 36, 37% spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that the spacing will, softer, will suffer as much. I mean, to, I like Jimmy. I, I just, I think I would be a little bit more scared of him than Kemba just because, like, how much longer are Jimmy Butler and LeBron James going to be at their peak? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think Kemba's probably got a little bit longer than both those guys. And so... You're, when you trade for Anthony Davis, you're like not just trying to make like a two-year run. You're trying to make like a decade-long run, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you think that – I mean, Anthony Davis has the potential to be the best player in the NBA. And so – Why do you think that Butler has – like he's only one year older than, Ke- than Kemba? Yeah, he's just had – he's just played a lot more. He's just had a lot – Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean – and he played for know. Tibbs, like just guys that played for Tibbs that played just a ton of minutes for him. Just don't. There's not a good track record of those guys, yeah. and he struggled with injuries. Where Kimba, I I say that I assume Kimba's had relative health. I just don't remember him having you know injury um, problems. But for some reason, on June 17th, off the top of my head, that's that's <laughs> what I'm coming up with. But uh, Jimmy Butler, what I'm trying to look at what his game totals have been in the last few years. Maybe it's not well, as bad Kemba, as I think. No, Kemba had just one season where he was under 70 games. Yeah, um, see, well, the so rookie like, season... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has 65 a good for Jimmy. 65. Last time he played, he's played 70 games twice in his career. His year 27 mm-hmm. was Chicago, and he played all 82 when he was 23. Yeah. And yeah, no, since it, then he hasn't played, you know, the, yeah, yeah. since 17, 18, he's played 59, 65, 65. Yeah. I don't no, know. You, you have a point. You, you surely have a point. Um, then for some miraculous thing, because they are the Lakers, 
Chris Middleton will decide to to sign for a twenty-seven <laughs> a salary starting at twenty-seven. Yeah, he is the perfect guy, to be honest. Oh, he'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, he'd maybe, be incredible. May, yeah, maybe they will need to have a, a ball handler because Chris, as much as I love him, is not the ball handler that you need with LeBron James. Yeah, but I mean, um, who knows? Well, would you do, would you give Malcolm Brogdon twenty a year? For the next three years, and then pay somebody else five, four or five. Uh, if I can get the same amount uh, by starting at 17, 18, and then giving raises um, to get like 80 millions times four, something like that. Yes. I think Brogdon would be awesome with those guys. Yeah, again, uh, probably you, well, yes, uh, he, he's a guy that can do what LeBron needs. He's a uh, George Hill on steroids, mm-hmm. uh, probably. I think that you need a little bit more of being able to create a basket on your own. Yeah, no, I agree. I, he's not ideal, but like if you Jimmy resigns, Kemba resigns, Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, like yeah. you're not going to have a ton of options at your disposal at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the how much the Lakers gave up? So here's. A list of what the Lakers gave up. Yeah, yeah. Brandon I already, Ingram. I already, you went through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I think yes. At the beginning, um, what I said was, I think they they mortgage their future, uh, and if something goes wrong, they are in a in deep waters. Yeah, I think. Um, they, again, they were forced to do that. Uh, by the situation, by the fact that you have LeBron, that you have your GM, Rich Paul, that uh, decided to to go that way. And so, yeah. I mean, they, I, I think there is no, uh, no discussion about who's running really the Lakers. And I would not be surprised if in two, three years, we'll know that LeBron James has a huge uh, share of their stock. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I know. Like that's it's so like, true. I mean, this is they're functioning like every LeBron team ever has. Like, who cares about draft picks? Like, look at me. I'm 35. Go get yeah. him. I don't care what it costs. And what's yeah. funny is like you're starting to learn that there wasn't any huge competitive offers for him. Like Boston didn't give everything. New York Knicks yeah. apparently backed out. Yeah. And so like what I mean, what was the I mean they were bidding against themselves and I think that the, that Boston gave up. Like they they put the main guys in talks. Right. Yeah, but like I, I think that you would want like compared to the Lakers offer, you would say like here's what the Lakers are offering. Like you need to give Tatum and Brown if you really yeah, want. Exactly. It. You know, exactly, and I, and exactly. I don't think Boston would do that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. They put the names in into the conversation, but not both. They probably put um, any number of picks, including the Memphis one, probably four or five, but never the two guys. And to be honest with you, if I had to choose, I'd probably select Lakers, uh, especially if I have a job security like David Griffin, because there is no way. Yeah. And I think like no, no way that unless he does something extremely, extremely stupid, which again, I don't think it's the case. Uh, I don't think that will be the case that he doesn't have that job in five years. And I mean, if you are in his position, then you take the Lakers deal because the the likely the likeness of having a good pick, like a very good pick, down the road is high. Plus, oh, you may nice. have someone. You have like Lonzo Ball in a different scenario may be a player. Ingram, I don't have the same faith. Even even if I was on the Ingram train. Ingram train instead of Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, but um, he's a weird fit. That, he's a weird fit yeah. really with anybody because he's not a yeah. go-to guy, but he has to be the go-to guy to to be the best version of himself. You know, it's just yeah. a weird. But maybe he figures it out, and really, him figuring it out is can he shoot a three? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Exactly. No, me no neither. And, and, but that 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 answers one of the questions that we had. Um, uh, when you were so wrong on a player, I was so high on Brendan Ingram. Like, yeah, I I thought he was like the best player by far in that draft, and uh, I was clearly very wrong. Yeah, he's he's a, he's still interesting player, and I hope that he's healthy. The blood clot stuff gets taken care of. 
that he can play. Because this Pelicans team is going to be really exciting. I don't know how good they'll be. I think they have a mm-hmm. chance to be good. It just depends on what they do from here on out. Like, what do they do with the fourth pick? Are they just going to take somebody, or are they going to trade it and get a center back? I mean, everybody everybody that mentioned these these trade packages mentioned Steven Adams for the fourth pick and like a Solomon Hill, you know, type of package. Like, what do you? What are your thoughts on that for OKC? Um, I well, let's. Let's discuss first why the Pelicans would do something like that. I I, I would not do something like that. Um, yeah. They they have a star. As the Pelicans, where, you mean? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. As the Pelicans, sorry. You have three, three young players, and you can already say that probably their biggest weakness is shooting. Mm-hmm. And you are going to, to put your stocks into a center that is going to be traded by OKC, because of the same reason, mm-hmm. like I don't think it, it makes any sense uh, unless you can. It's like something in into a bigger trade where you get another player coming into into New Orleans. But again, I, I would not take a center that doesn't shoot. If you are OKC, uh, Solomon Hill is probably a bench guy in a good team and not a very good one. Yeah. A player that you can trust on the court, sure. A veteran that can probably eat a shot when he's open, yes. Uh, he will not have gravity. He's a better version of Mo Harkless, maybe. Maybe yeah. a better version. Maybe I, mean, I don't like him. It, I mean, he's like, he's basically just for salary purposes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you get number four pick. And you get then the fourth pick. What do you do with that? You get <laughs> Culver or or Garland. Those yeah. are great players. But are you going? Are you going to do that? This year, I don't think so. No, like no, we, no, we have no. discussed it many times. Like the the year of trading the pack is not this one. You will probably trade Adams only if you are hundred percent sure that what you get back will improve your team immediately in year one of that trade. And this is not the case. Yeah, and that's why and that's why the Horford uh, deal makes uh, the most um, sense. Next year? Yeah. Exactly. That deal, you can argue right now, that makes you better. I don't think that it's the truth. I, I have very good reason to say it is and very good reason to say it isn't mm-hmm. um, because of the, the rebounding issue, the fact that Hal Orford uh, is not the guy that will take many shots in the, play- in the playoffs. Like he's a guy like Marcus All, where you if you have it, it's great. But if you have him to... Well, maybe it's this is just a stupid reason because you will never have Al Horford to take like 15 shots or 20 shots in the playoff game. But mm-hmm. uh, there are issues with the rebounding and there are issues with um, how much Russ will trust a guy like him. Pro- if he trusts him, great. Trust Al Can Horford? You st- yeah. Do you think you trust I, I Al Horford? I, I do think that he should trust Al Horford. Yeah. But Russ is not a guy that will pass you the ball necessarily. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, come, McKelly. He'll pass yes. the ball to Al Horford. Come on. Like, he would. He would. He would. When? When? When he's open. I, remem- I remember when I was, um, I, probably it's two or three seasons ago. Yeah. Where Russ missed Anthony Morrow open for a shot in the last two, three minutes of the game. Yeah. Three or th- two or three times important. And that this happens with Russ many yeah. times. He doesn't so, miss like this Paul past George season, open. though. I just don't. I mean, he mm. he hit a Brinus for those game winners. Yeah, I feel like he's gotten better at that yes. since more. I get Anthony Moore was here a long time ago. You know, how many seasons has yeah. it been? Four. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just trying to to find reasons not to not to leave Stephen. Uh, I would Steven leave Sack. my kids with Al Horford. I just, <laughs> I mean, like he's Russell will trust him. Yeah, Russell will trust yeah, probably him. so, probably so, probably so. That was uh, not the issue. The but, only issue I have with Horford is like, is he bre- is he going to break down? You know, yeah, in, in the that, next that, calendar that, year. Yeah, yeah. That would be my only concern with Horford. But like, and, and, we, and we've and said really this, giving, like, yeah. like the IQ trade that you're making between he and Stephen is is not the biggest. 
upgrade at at IQ that you'd want for the team? Because like in my opinion, this Thunder team needs to go all in now. Like this is yeah. their chance. Like go yeah. all in and get the smartest players that you can get. Get guys that have experience. And make sure that they have a, a high basketball IQ. Please make yeah. sure. Because like that's where Horford, he checks the boxes. Experience, he can shoot it, he can pass it. He's not the best rebounder, but you're playing with the best rebounding guard maybe in the history of the NBA. And so mm-hmm. it's not like Steven really even can live up to his full rebounding potential on this team because he can't. And that's because he's playing with Russell. And like that's okay. That's just the way that this team is going to function. And so, like, if Steven played on a team, even like if Steven played with Kimball Walker, Steven averaged 14 rebounds a game, and I don't think that's even crazy to say, you know? Mm. Um, mm. But when you're playing with Russell, yeah, he's going to take some rebounds, but it's going to help your team to play faster, and we, we don't have to go over that. No, but my, my only point is, are we... Like, I know that one year of Horford, and probably more than that, because he will, if he's okay here he will probably sign a a slightly longer deal Mm -hmm. um like i don't i don't think that you well you will solve some problems of spacing yeah but the issue is deeper and we discussed it many times um like i think that having horford make things easier for you Mm -hmm. but it's you had like Three players with Russell Westbrook that shot more than thirty six percent. Sure, that should be enough. That yeah. should be more than enough. But isn't it and, an issue of gravity and an issue of? I mean, the space. I, I do think that if you have a if you have Horford and Paul George out there, like, I, I Grant shot the ball great. Nobody guarded him in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would do the same with Hal Horford. That's what I meant by okay. a guy that cannot take, they would, will not take the trees that he should. And somehow, I don't know how, like this will not matter. Because unless you change the way Russ plays the game when he has less spacing and it will make different choices, the team will make different choices. Or that spacing will, like, Clay, um, Hal Horford is not Clay Thompson. Yeah. He's not the guy that will move his defender. The, the defense, like Philadelphia did, and Stefan Ganti discussed that with Lowe, uh, Philadelphia's defense or other defenses in the playoffs accept the trees from Mar Holford mm-hmm. without flinch because he will not take 10 trees. And that's how you change the way the, the other teams will perceive Ferguson and Grant by giving them seven trees a game. Yeah. I promise you, I promise you, if you give Ferguson seven trees a game and mm-hmm. Grant five trees a game for the entire year, year and they shot the same percentage and you do that consistently in the playoffs, no one will leave them open. No one. Mm-hmm. And would Alf Horford there helps the matter because you have four shooters instead of three? Sure. But un- unless you do that and you have players that shot five, six, seven trees a game, I'm not sure it matters as much. Um, so I think what you're saying I, is if Russell will take less shots this season, it will matter. Yeah, it will matter from three. And, and not just less shots, different shots. Uh, Russ changed his game quite a lot. Um, it's, it's not that he's a stubborn guy uh, to uh, like all around. Like he made changes. But I think that schematically – and with the coaching staff, they need to to go back and giving PG, Ferg, and Grant more than five shots a game. And last thing, because we really need to talk to draft. I know. Uh, <laughs> we we are placing too much stocks into what we saw against Portland. Way too much. It's just like teams are saying today, and I will probably have a lot of tweets coming going against me that the Raptors are better than the Warriors without KD. That is false. That is utterly false, I think. Because when Clay Thompson and Steph Curry were fully healthy or where they had a good game, they were at least at the same level, if not a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So judging a team like the Warriors by saying that they are worse than the Raptors without, without mentioning the fact that Clay Thompson was hurt for the entire series... And he was really hurt, not Curry, 
who has like a lot of excuses sometimes, but he was really hurt, like PG was. It's just stupid. That is not the team. Like if you have Clay, if you don't have Clay Thompson, sure, you 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 probably say that the Warriors are not a playoff team for granted or a, or a high level playoff team. Like the Thunder had their best player completely hurt mm-hmm. in a series where the other best player on the other side went nuts. Like, completely nuts. Because, like, yes, probably uh, the other teams made adjustment on him, on Lillard. But, like, their best defensive and best offensive player, um, OKC's one, was completely hurt. And judging a team with that caveat, it's I don't think it's, it's, um, it's extremely helpful. Because if PG is healthy, the, the series goes in another way. And I'm positive of that yeah no i hear you i i i totally hear you um i'm, I'm just trying to make excuses because i love steven that is i think is pe- it- I, I i do think that people it's just been hard because what really matters is the playoffs and the past two seasons have been disappointing for a lot of different reasons and it sucked that the thunder didn't have their best player playing at a high level in the series yeah. Yeah, and to, still, to me, moving forward, if you're going to maximize the rest of Russell Westbrook's career, mm-hmm. I think they have to have better shooting. I think they just yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. That's why Stephen will come come up in trade trading camp shooting forty percent from three. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> no. Well, no, that's, that's, and that's honestly, enough. like if Stephen, maybe this summer's not the time to trade Stephen because the value's low with the two years left. Exactly. When he has one yeah. year left next summer, like, yeah. oh. Maybe after a good season. And and yeah, that's, he, why, that's why I, I told you, uh, I, I think in private, not in a pod, mm-hmm. uh, that I think that Grant is the guy who has the best value. And maybe with Grant, you, you get back something more than what he gives you. Yeah. But that's, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to think. But, yeah. um, but maybe so. Shall we get back Thomas? Can we get back Thomas somehow? I don't think so. <laughs> Nomas is awesome. I mean, there is probably some sort of trade world where the Thunder did deal Adams and keep Domas in some sort of, you know, Paul George deal, you know, like that may have existed on some level. But anyways, let's talk about the NBA draft. It's on Thursday night. It's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the crazier drafts in terms of like who goes where and what's going to happen and I just I think that it's going to be extremely difficult to do the mock draft on downtodunk.com. If you're if you're trying to do that, awesome. Please do do that. If you if you fill out that mock draft, come to our draft party. The one that's closest to the actual draft will win a pretty significant prize package. So, you should do that. Um but at 21, <laughs> I made a list of like 16 guys that I'm like, yeah, like maybe they could be there. And there's guys in here like I have like my best case scenario if he falls to the thunder like I think they should definitely take him that's where we'll start is I have these guys in four different tiers uh just and they're kind of random and they're not in the order of like the ringers draft guide or what other this is just like what I think who fits the thunder who they should take and I'm inevitably going to be wrong about a lot of these guys so everybody hang on so tier one is three guys Nikhil alexander walker i don't think he'll be there at 21 um but he's a guy that i just think would fit really well and i think he would help the thunder next year uh he's a sophomore from virginia tech we've talked about him 16 points per game 54 percent effective field goal percentage 37 percent from three He's just kind of a do-it-all playmaking guard that can come off the bench. He's almost 21 years old. I just really like him. And that would be like, that's the guy if somehow he mm. falls. Like, I didn't think that there'd be any chance that OG Ananobi would fall. But there's not the same injury concerns with Nikhil that there were with OG. But that would be my guy, like, period. Hey, like, that's maybe it. Boston selects Ball Ball because they want upside. And hey, maybe. Bull Bull is in tier four for me, just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but 
by like <laughs> way down there. And I just like mentioned him just because I was like, ah, eh. like if people talk about him enough to where like I feel like I need to at least mention him, you know. Yeah. Um, number two in tier one is Grant Williams, and I know that he is being mocked mid like in like tw- he's at twenty five for the ringer right now, which is high. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have him in the second round. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. I think this guy's going to be awesome. I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's a really, really smart player. I think he's strong. Uh, I think he helps the IQ of the team. He's 20. He'll be 21 in this next year. I think that he's he's a fun player. He's 6'7". He's got a almost 6'10 wingspan. And he's just tough as nails and smart. And I just think that he would come to this team he can he hit almost 82 percent from the free throw line he kind of carried that tennessee team 18 almost 19 points per game seven and a half boards 3.2 assists uh, i just really think this guy's an impact player and it might take him a little while to figure out exactly who he is in the nba because i don't think that you can go and watch um everything that he did at tennessee and say mm-hmm. he's absolutely uh He's absolutely that's that's a guy right there, but I think that he has all the tools to become a great player at the NBA yeah. level. I, I agree with you on um, Alexander Walker. I'd, I'd put him in um, in tier one. I would probably uh, put Williams in tier two. Okay. Oh, breaking news! Hmm. It seems that Bobby Marks said that um, Anthony Davis will not uh, give away his trade kicker. So, oh, you mean he doesn't want to give away four million dollars? Wow! Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, other players did that. Yeah. Anyway, more um, like like players that are like in OKC, for example. Yeah. But, Player named Melo. Yeah, Melo. Yeah, that's true. Carmelo no, did. It, it was not four millions, probably. No, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I have no clue. Somebody let us know how much but, it was. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, not not a shocker that uh, no. you don't want to give away four million bucks, even though it would have I, I would dramatically helped them. Yeah, uh, I would not. But anyway, um, I would put Grant Williams in tier two for okay. me. Um, I, I'm skeptical about um, two things that I probably already mentioned the lateral quickness and the ability of really bother shooters mm-hmm. uh, because of the of the jumping ability this is subpar to to say the least if he can shed a little bit of weight and be um a little bit lighter on his feet then he would probably be higher uh and i'm fully aware that a guy like pj tucker is starting for a western conference top team mm-hmm. and i don't think that Karen williams uh, is a lesser player than that. Yeah, but I do think that other players have maybe a tiny little bit of an upside, and probably it's just players that I like to see uh, to watch on the court better than him. Um, yeah. because yeah, he, sometimes he, he, it's he, it's he, always it's also that. Yeah, yeah, he's not the most entertaining. He was not the most entertaining guy at Tennessee. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah, the, the thing that I love is the passing. Is the, the passing oh, is what passing probably, screening. I mean, he's yeah, he's just yeah. a smart player. He's going to do the little things. He's a this is not a star, <laughs> and and maybe he should be a star if he's in tier one. But I don't have my other guy. I have one more guy in tier one, and he's not a star either. No, at twenty one, at twenty one, you don't get stars. Yeah, there are there are but, guys that you're like, oh man, they have a lot of upside. But these aren't. Yeah, I'm these next Grant Williams and my next guy are they're not high upside guys. They're like. Play him now, guys. You know, mm-hmm. plug and play. Uh, number three is Matisse Teibel. Um, oh, in tier one? Yeah, I just keep coming back to him. I just think that guy can play. I just think he can play. He's he's mm-hmm. an older player. His If his shot works out, he's a starter for anybody. You know? And I don't know if yeah. it's real or if it'll work out, but I just... I. He's 22 years old. He's ready to play now. If he's if he's an NBA player, he's ready to play now. And I I like him a lot. He's 6'5". He's got a 7-foot wingspan. He only shot 30% from three this past year at Washington. But if he works out, like I just I just think that this guy is going to be able to defend. Um, the 7-foot wingspan is a, is a great thing. 85% from the free throw line. Um, 
I just can't. I I keep coming back to him as like, okay, like I can see where this guy fits on OKC. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I I'd put him in tier three to be yeah. honest with you. Okay, but we, but um, but okay, I, I I understand. I probably don't trust the shooting quite as much. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> I'm okay. Cra- maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of do. No, 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 no. That's that's there. There are good reasons to think that he will have a good shooting stroke, a good mm-hmm. enough shooting stroke. Um, but um, it doesn't. I don't know. Uh, there are also questions about the maybe lesser question about is he really that great of a defender? Uh, I don't buy entirely in those arguments because I think that he will be a good enough one yeah. uh, but the shooting gives me really a pause here here's where yeah. here's where i started to believe in matisse a little bit more because i mm-hmm. do question whether he's like a lockdown defender mm-hmm. but i don't know how many guys in the league that are really quote-unquote lockdown defenders or how many of those guys you really need and especially with this thunder team because yeah. I, th- I think that you could just guys you need guys that can just be incredibly disruptive and that yeah. can get this team on the break. And that's Matisse. He had three and a half steals per game. I know it was in his zone. I understand that he was able to roam around, do whatever. I get it. But he's got to, he can do it. You can't put mm-hmm. every guy in that situation and have them average three and a half steals a game. Like he's got a talent for it. And he averaged 2.2 blocks per game. He is going to cause chaos on the defensive end. And that's a thunder trait. And that's a, that's, you're going to get on the court if you're that guy. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's kind of where I'm, and I, if his shot, falls or if it, it can turn him into something awesome um but i think that he's at least a bench player no matter what and he's gonna shoot it and no one will guard him like i get that but i just like him i like him a lot mm-hmm. okay uh next tier this is the uh shooting tier this is tier two of guys that can shoot it but i just am maybe one of these guys i'm convinced they would play for okc uh tyler hero dylan windler cam johnson and Fiondu Kamengele. Yeah, I mean, I probably have uh, Windler and Johnson in Tier 2. I surely have Hero and Kamengele in Tier 1 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think, and I have Bol Bol in Tier 2, by the way. I, I know that it's stupid, but <laughs> if I, like, really, really stupid. Um, oh, like, if he somehow decides that even if he doesn't really really love basketball yeah he decides to be a pro the guy the guy is amazingly talented like oh, amazing mean talented. yes 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 yeah. yes he I, I know i know i know i know but I'm, I'm just so out on him like i think yes he is I know. incredibly skilled and when i first watched him i was like dude this guy's awesome they have to take him and then the more i read about him and the more i hear about him i'm just like yeah dude like stay like when was there a guy who's that tall with injury Mm -hmm. problems that has these questions about does he really love the game does he really want to do this yeah like i just i I just i cannot think of a guy of a guy that wanted or that worked out like that i just can't i just can't and maybe there was a guy that worked out someone let me know if you're listening but I'm just so out on Bobo. It scares the crap out of me. But if he if he had like the drive of like a Steven Adams or something like that, and I was like, yeah, this guy loves the gym. He's and first of all, he wouldn't be available for the Thunder, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, there's a chance that Bobo slips to the second round. Like that's that's yeah. a thing. Because yeah. the injuries are scary and the attitude's scary. And if you're not available or if you don't love the game enough to improve as a defender because that's where you would really need to improve is can he play more than 10 minutes a game as kind of like a novelty guy off the bench like i don't know uh it'll yeah. depend on whether he can defend or not because if you if you don't defend at the center position you just really you just don't play yeah yeah i mean you're 100 percent right on everything and and I probably am again very, very stupid to to still believe in a guy like that. <laughs> but boy, oh boy, like this guy will shoot forty five percent from day one, yeah. and he will he will shoot it. Like, think about Anthony Morrow. He's a consummate pro, so that part is completely different. Yeah, but that guy could couldn't do 
anything on the court but shooting. Right. A screen, and he was dead. Like, completely dead. No, no kind of defense whatsoever. And he was still playing in the league mm-hmm. for... Uh, it seems that Kawhi Leonard made another love that is that is going to be viral in the next days. Well, anyway. Um, he made another what? Uh, he a laughed. laugh. Oh, a laugh. He laughed. Okay. Yes, sorry. Oh, that good. was a horrible pronunciation. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard just imitated his own fun guy laugh. He's, he's officially the greatest player of all game. Yeah, well, anyway, so uh, I, I, I can't wait to listen. Um, but again, he was doing just that, and he was a player in a contender team like the Thunder. Yeah. What if Ball Ball just sh- sh- shoot the ball and, and he's professional? Because he's not the bad guy. He's just, he, he just it's not a gym rat, probably. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Cam Johnson, I completely agree. Uh, Windler, completely agree. Uh, as my friend Lorenzo said, he doesn't dribble the ball very well, mm-hmm. so he's not a creator. But if you want a guy, uh, if you if you want to get the cheap guy um, in terms of like like to be sure that he is going to be there. Um, like Windler is a guy that can shoot, that can take rebounds, and that can probably move very well. If I have to choose between him and Cam Johnson, probably would take the former, even if he's a little bit old, older. I have here in tier one, yeah. uh, mainly because I really trust the shooting and I really trust the way he moves on the court and the fact that he can do a little bit more with the ball in his hands. He can really yeah. create. I have zero... Um, um, how well tonight I don't have words in my in my mouth. Uh, I don't have zero. I um, trust that he will be available at twenty one. Yeah, I don't think Hero will be there either. He's at the top of tier two for me. I just don't know if he'd play for Billy. I just don't know. Uh, I think it, I mean, de- it depends not, on on who else they Nader, get in the summer. Nader was playing for Billy. I know, but he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, maybe you know I mean? maybe maybe we just have to tell Billy that. No, Hero is not supposed to play for you. <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens. Um, I love Windler. He can stop on a dime, get the ball, yeah. and just shoot it. Like coming off a screen, yeah. off the dribble, even a little bit. Like he's not awful. He's not going to drive to the basket. He's not going to break anybody down. But he can take a couple dribbles and a shot. And I think he's awesome. <laughs> I think that guy's awesome. Um, he's not quite the thinker that you want him to be, but the dude can just shoot it. Like he can really shoot it, and he's got. Pretty decent size. Cam Johnson can really shoot it too. Kamengeli can shoot it, and he's going to be able to be a rim protector, kind of your third base off the bench. He's a yeah, beast. Kamengeli's a beast. He's yeah. awesome. He will play. Yeah, he would play. He, he bring down the yeah. IQ of your team a little bit too, but he play. Yeah, if if Bobo had the motor and the intensity of Kamengeli, he'd be the number he one. He would pick. be number. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It'd be crazy. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Tier th- do you have time for tier three or should I do it on my own? Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. You, you, I have time. I'm just too okay. tempted about Kawhi la- uh, laugh. That, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I can wait five minutes. Okay. Let me go through tier three and then we can discuss them and see what you think. These are, this is the, um, it's risky. There's some risky guys in here and there's a guy that I just don't know if he would play for OKC all that much, but these guys at least have some upside. Um, Goja, Samanich, Kevin Porter Jr., Okiki and Ty Jerome. Yeah, no questions about three of the four guys that you mentioned. That probably are four to five. I, I didn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Okiki, as you may know. Um, yeah. I would put him at the lower end of tier one, just because I think that the one that I have in tier one are guys that will not be there. I really trust the player like Okiki. Smart. The, the injury is the the thing that gives me a pause, of course, because mm-hmm. he will not be able to play real minutes probably mm-hmm. uh, next year. But he is a guy that can do it all. He's a shooter. He's a passer. Uh, not a very gifted one, but he's a okay to good passer. And he really defends. And he has the body to defend multiple positions. And he, he has a fluid fluid shooting stroke that I I, I just felt in love with, uh, with, the, with the way he moves in the court. Like, uh, it's, it's probably irrational and you should probably rethink about this severity of the injury but he's a winner he's a guy that took his team to the highest level in the ncaa tournament and mm-hmm. just an injury stopped that so i mean there's there's value in that yeah i think he's awesome uh, i i don't to me 
again, the mission of the Thunder this summer and the next over the next two years is go all in and find as many smart veterans as you can. And yeah. a guy that's injured with an ACL injury, don't know that that's quite the guy that I would want. Um, he'd be he. I mean, I I think he'd be a top nine guy maybe next season or this really not this next season but the season after. Like he could be that. That's possible. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I the the ACL still scares me a little bit, even though it's more of a common injury that people typically recover from. Um, yeah, I just think that if a guy that's like border like borderline first round guy, if they lose half a step, sometimes those guys are done. You know, mm-hmm. like like Cam, like campaign lost half a step after he got hurt and he's done. You know, like you mean the, you mean Jam Morant? I oh, no, no, sorry, campaign, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Josh scares me too a little bit. Um Kevin Porter's interesting. Uh yes. he's he's a wild card, no question, but I like wild cards myself. Yeah. Um I think he's fun. I think he'd be really fun for the Thunder. He's gonna take some wild shots. Um, he's not going to play for Billy in year one. Oh, that, not that even is. a question. Like he, he yeah. would he would be Billy would Definitely have a quote come out just like they did with JR in the first season when he was in OKC and they say the NBA stands for no babies allowed and he's not allowed to play. That's yeah. That's what Byron Scott said about JR and I would that it would not surprise me if Kevin Porter Jr. had the same thing. Uh Ty Jerome, man, he's he's an interesting player. He would be awesome for the Hawks or for Brooklyn or for the Blazers or somebody like that, you know. The that, Warriors. The Warriors. Great for the him. Warriors. Freaking hey, the Warriors. Um, but he'd be great. Um yeah. okay. Last tier is the nah, I don't know. Like I don't know who what these guys are gonna be, <laughs> but like they're first round guys. You know? Yeah. Casey Apollo, okay. Keldon Johnson, no. Taylor Horton Tucker, and Bobo. Mm. Horton Tucker scares the beep out of me all of these guys do all of them like if the thunder well, if if these no, guys no. if they keep the 21st pick and one of these guys is called i'm gonna be like ah i don't know like no. like maybe no keldon johnson doesn't scare me as much like he's he can a, shoot it he can shoot i it don't so. know that i don't know that but he at least he has a body where you can see whatever is going to, to come out of it like he's a shooting guard slash small forward yeah like Horton Tucker is a guy that I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> he's shorter than than our uh, our kid Deontay Burden. Yeah, he has less ball skill. Uh, he he's a guy that that will scare the crap out of me because like Billy is not playing Burden when he probably should, and now we take the, the copy of him. No, he no, is definitely no, a copy. Six four, seven one wingspan, eight seven standing reach. He's eighteen years old, so he's super young. That's that is the huge difference. I don't difference. care. I don't care about young players. <laughs> like Derek White was not young. And he's Dude, I know that I would. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him on this team because he's not an all in move, and he's not necessarily even the smartest player. Like I don't think yeah. he's a smart. I I've watched enough of him, and I don't think he's a smart player. Okay. So I don't want him. I think he's interesting yeah. though. Like he's, and all like what gives me the most pause about him, like where he is in everybody else's mock drafts, like fine, like he's twenty seven on the ringer. I think he's second round in places, first round some places. Great, like in the twenties, cool. The stepping has him at eight, and I'm like, okay, like that's where I'm yeah. just like, oh, like I don't know what to do with that because like I think those guys are really, really, really smart when it comes to draft stuff, yeah. and. If, let's say the Thunder move back to pick 33 and he's there and they take him. And there he's basically like plays for the blue for two seasons. And then when the Thunder are ready to rebuild, like he comes, like, like maybe something like that would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Or you sign him to a two way deal if, if he's like yeah. later round in the first, in the second round or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like yeah. that would make sense. But if you're selecting like 21, I think that's, I think no, that's out no. of the question. So I, with all these guys, to me at 21, maybe Kelvin Johnson's the only guy or even Apollo. Yeah. Who's, no, 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 no. Oh, I don't no. like him. I hate him. Like I, I don't like that. I think that I think that he scored by luck on every shot. <laughs> like Grant the first season. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's I watched him and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like this, this is a he's a weird player too. Like all these, all these guys are basically weird players in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. 
And you're right, no, Kelvin I mean, Johnson is like the most normal of them. Kelvin you know? Johnson can go higher because of the the idea of, of him being a guy who will give everything he has on the court. Yeah. And the fact that he has a very good athletical profile, it seems that his shooting mechanism is okay. And so you can give yeah, he was him percent Yeah, that 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 doesn't Again. Over the season, it was very weird. Like the looking at his averages, he shot seventy percent from the free throw line, but was like thirty percent in conference play. Like he, he's weird. Like he's he's weird. Exactly. Exactly. Again, you can you can take a sample of thirty games. Take the first thirty games of Ferguson. He mm-hmm. was a thirty-two percent shooter. Yeah. Is that real? No, it's not real. So college and three-point shooting. I don't even look at the percentage anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's it's too narrow of a sample. Unless the guy takes like five shots per game, like Cam Johnson did, then you can trust it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I, I mean, I'm not with you all the way with Thibault, but he took quite a good amount of shots. And, and in, in other seasons with four, four plus shots a game, he was okay shooting the ball. I don't know what happened last year, but I mean... You can see something there between the overall percentage and the shooting uh, from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other other guys like one and dance, you can like Zion to me can shot twelve percent or thirty two percent or thirty five percent, not 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 much more in year one. And I would say, yeah, okay, that that can happen. Mm-hmm. I remember what me and Fred were discussing Grant's percentage, um, like a forecast when he was covering when, when he was still a good guy covering the Thunder, um, <laughs> and I remember him saying, "Well, maybe Grant will shoot eighteen percent from three. And I said, "Yeah, I, I think, I think I cannot say this is impossible. He ended up shooting thirty six, but, mm-hmm. um, but really the the number of shots it was." too narrow to to project anything and this is yeah. what happens in college mm-hmm. i mean you look at matisse and what he did over the course of his college career from three yeah he, he was 53 of 131 and shot 40 percent in his sophomore year yeah his junior year 58 of 159 and he was 36 percent from three and then he missed 12 of about the same amount he missed only twelve less, and then he shoots thirty percent, like that. Yeah. Like you missed twelve shots, and then like your percentage is dropped six percent because the sample size in college is so small. Exactly. But like over the course of his college career, he shot thirty six percent from three. Yeah. You know, and he's shooting seventy eight percent from the free throw line over those years. Yeah. Really small amount of free throws, but still, like he was fifty seven of sixty seven. This past year from the free throw line, yeah. small, yeah. small, small, small sample. But to yeah. me, like I, I don't know. I, I just I don't hate the release. I don't hate. I, I think that he's a disruptive defender. I think that he's a switchy type guy that's going to be able to defend one season threes. And every team needs those guys. Like every yeah. team is looking for that guy. And if you can get him at twenty one, I think that he'd be awesome. I think that he'd be great. Um, but again, I'm wrong. A lot. A lot of times I've been <laughs> wrong about it. The draft is so hard. The draft is so yeah. incredibly difficult to nail. Um, but those are the guys, you know, we've we've watched a lot over the last several weeks. And um, we, we will hit and we will miss on a lot of these guys. And maybe a guy in Tier 4 will end up being like the star of the draft of, you know, the, the back half of the first round. You know, I just don't think you know. But that's... From what I've seen, that's how I would order it. Really, the first like nine, ten guys, like I think that you could be happy with any of those guys if that's who the Thunder choose. If they even pick somebody, I mean, there's a yeah. there's a huge chance this is dealt on Thursday yeah. night that you'll hear like the Thunder selecting for the Suns or for whoever it is. Like that's a very that's a there's a there's a case to be made for that. And Alex and I can go over more of that stuff. Uh, in an, in another pod this week, but I think it'd be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, McKelly, I know you got to go follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at down to dunk. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you've got some time, uh, it means the world to us. If you write a quick little note to us about, you know, what you think of the show, 
Uh, five stars is super duper helpful to us. So please do that. Join us Thursday night. It's going to be so much fun. Like all the down to dunk guys will be there from the fry pod. I wish McKelly could be there. That would be one one of these days. We're going to have to work this out to where you can be here for a draft party since you do so much work for us on the draft. Um, but it's going to be great. They have great pizza. Just plan to come eat dinner there, hang out, watch the NBA draft on a movie screen. When have you ever done that? I've never done it. I think it's going to be great. So join us then, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.